All right, friends, before we start the show, I wanted to let you know that I have a new class available. It's called Press Start on Your Brand Messaging. This class is designed, it's about Zelda theme, and it is designed to help you develop your message through a messaging algorithm that I give you through the course of your journey. We have to pick a character. We have to pick a path. We pick your what victory looks like. And then we start talking about some very serious stuff in terms of the, you know, navigating through the wilderness of entrepreneurship or freelancing. And then we come across the big boss battle of dealing with the drama triangle and challenging and going through to the empowerment dynamic. Then we develop your message and you can use that message at networking events and be able to give your one sentence elevator pitch and and say like, I help X do Y. And the people are like, oh my God, that's great. That's fantastic. How do I learn how to do more of that? So uh, go to bit.ly slash start message to press start on your brand messaging right now. Go do it, please. I love you. Okay. Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a horse in a hospital. You're wondering why it's even here in the first place. Today on the show, we are talking about your call to create. At the top of the show, I gave you the little ad for my Press Start Unbrand messaging course, and a big part of that is talking about your call to create. And for each of us, we have a version of that. Typically, it's the why behind the why. Why are you doing anything? Why are you creating things? Why do you want to put anything out into the world? And this particularly helps if you are stuck in a rut and you don't know what to create. So we're going to break that down today on Dopamine. Let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. I hope you are doing okay. I hope life is wonderful. Uh, we're getting into a little bit of a gloomier season, but hopefully everything's okay for you. Hopefully it's not too bad with all the stuff that you're dealing with. My, my, my wrist smells terrible. I don't, <laughs> do you, do you guys clean your watch? I probably should clean my watch. I, I, I just took it off cause I was like putting my wrist up to my face. So it was just kind of like putting my, 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 um, uh, my hand on my cheek and I just realized like, oh man, that smells really bad. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you just don't notice that you don't do that. Um, so, you know, had one of those life moments just now. That's fun. Um, so today on the show, I want to talk about your call to create and like, what does that mean? Where do you find that? What What is, what is the deal with that? And um, your call to create is synonymous with like the why behind your why. Why are you doing anything? Why are you creating something? Why are you putting anything back into the world. <clears throat> and um, what does it look like? You know, we're, and, and I think your call to create is often associated with um, figuring out like what to do in the first place or 
if you're in a if you're in that place, this could be really great for you to figure that out. If you are someone who has maybe been in a little bit of a rut and you're or going through the grind of it and trying to remember why you do this in the first place, identifying your call to create is a really, really amazing way to look at the path forward and really define what's going on. So for me with dopamine, you know, I do this show over and over again because my call to create is sharing my personal experience from when I was a kid um, struggling with my mental illness as a cyclothymic kid and also dealing with being an INTP in a world and situation that is not necessarily built for INTPs, introverted thinkers who are just like not thinking about time and not caring about uh, anything social in life other than the stuff that we want to learn and that we're fascinated about. Uh, Molly and I just started watching the Bill Gates documentary last night, which is really fascinating uh, to show someone like me, actually, as an INTP, who is um, a particularly special kind of INTP. Like he had a really solid upbringing and he had a mom who would push him, probably an FE dominant of some kind. And uh, she was also very much in a lot of important social circles that really helped him um, get his feet off the ground and get involved in life. And, um, you know, he was described as someone that um, when he was younger, he would sit in his room for days on end and not talk to people. And, and he would he would speak about that. And um and then he had like times in his 20s when he would uh, it's certainly uh, the word riffraff comes to mind <laughs> when you just like debauchery and go do things and play with people and, and have a good time. Um, but, you know, he had a limit to that. And then he got to work and he got it done. And, uh, you know, a lot of his story with his mom was a lot of the reason why he would kind of create the things that he would create, that he would do the work that he did. Um, but. I'm referencing that documentary because it reminds me of my childhood also. And the fact that I was a quiet kid and I was always encouraged to speak up and I had not a lot to say because I was in my head all the time. And I resonate with that as an adult. Now, the idea that I'm older and there's been, I've had brushes up against, you know, the pressure to be a person, to, you know, contribute to society, to now you have to do something tangible. Now you have to exist. Now you have to create something. Now you have to be a person, <laughs> you know, uh, and, um, you know, you have relationships you have to nurture. You have a life that you need to live. You can't, I can't just sit in my bedroom for three days and read. Like I, I have to find money. I have to find resources. I have to nurture my relationship. I have to make sure my parents are okay and ask them if they are doing all right. And, uh, you know, I have to be a part of society one way or another and contribute. That noise was just like the car is going by. Um, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, so a lot of what I do with particularly the, uh, the YouTube channel with talking about being an INTP, a lot of that stuff is me sharing just my personal story. And that's how I connect and resonate with people. And I think everyone has a version of that. It's a collection of our struggles, our lessons, our triumphs, our influences, everything that has connected us to these uh, to, to reality in some sort of way, right? So we've inputted, we've taken all sorts of things from reality, whether they've been challenges, whether they've been good things, realities, etc. They have been um, 
you know, something that has been inputted into our brain, regardless of what it is, regardless of its positive or negative charge, it's been something that's been inputted into our brains, into our lives. And through Myers-Briggs and through these personality systems, I've basically been learning that the brain is an input output system, regardless of whether or not you're an introvert or extrovert, you are taking in information and then you find a way to process that information and put it back out into the world. I think of it as like a computer system, like our brain is essentially a computer and we take in commands and then we have to sort of process them. And then something appears on the screen, it, that the screen being reality, being life in this scenario. So if at any point in processing or inputting information and the computer if you're like, I'm talking about a literal computer at this point, if you're typing and the computer can't process a command for some reason, for whatever reason, there's something that gets lodged in there. There's, I don't know, whatever the case may be. If something can't output, this computer does the spinning wheel. It gets stuck. It gets, it can't process anymore when it can't properly process what it needs to process. And we get stuck in that spinning wheel phase. Then we start to experience the fact that we can't move forward. We can't be able to work through what we need to work through, right? And usually that means in the context of a computer, maybe you need to restart the computer. Maybe you need to sit and let it wait, you know, let it do its thing. It needs, maybe it just needs time to process what it needs to process. Maybe the computer is doing a lot of heavy lifting and it just needs the time and the energy and the resources to do the heavy lifting. Maybe the computer needs an upgraded processor. Maybe it needs more hard drive space. Maybe you need to clean your desktop. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to do some sort of maintenance maintenance to your brain to allow it to properly process and do all of the things that it needs to do. So if it can't eventually output something, then it needs to be restarted. You need to go back to the beginning. You need to try again. You need to do something different, right? How that translates to life is essentially that we are going out into the world, processing and taking in information uh, whether that's through our sensing function or intuition function. And we are looking at the patterns of life where we are literally seeing things in life and we are taking them back into our little cubbies and we have to process them. Sometimes, you know, extroverts tend to process out loud and you need other people to bounce those ideas off of. But essentially your brain is processing and collecting those information, those bits of information and figuring out what to do next with all of that information. The same thing goes for the opposite functions. Introverts are still taking in information from the outside world, but if we continue to just keep processing, then we can't move forward. You know, for introverts, processing feels very good. For extroverts, you know, collecting or uh, experiencing things in the outside world feels better for that type of person. Um, there's a lot more nuance to that, but I'm not going into the nuance in, for the sake of this episode. Uh, the idea here is that you take in things, you process, and then you create. So what are the things that you're taking in? The things that you're taking in typically are your influences, like the music that you appreciate. Maybe it's the art that you've seen in your life. Maybe it's the conversations you've had, the people that you've connected to the uh, experiences that you've had. Maybe you've had unique experiences around mental health like me or being an INTP or a particular personality type that you've had unique experiences around. Maybe you were a theater, theater, uh, theater kid and you had all sorts of experiences there that are 
you know, not necessarily translating to your current life. And you want to find ways to translate that to your current life. Maybe there are other situations going on that like, I don't know, maybe you were surrounded by a life of going to camp and you were nurtured a lot and you had a lot of uh, influences that way. Those things kind of stuck out to you as like wanting to play games or wanting to take care of people or wanting to, um, Maybe you resonated with a doctor in your life and you want to be that kind of person or a teacher had a particular impact on you and you want to be a teacher now. Those kinds of things are the influences that we have in our life that that connect us. And they are not necessarily all things that are just in our past, things in our present right now and things that we've thought about when we were a kid that we've wanted to be in the future based on the things that we've experienced. You know, Carl Sagan was a big influence on me. Um, uh, the One of the first books that I remember reading was like an astronomy book when I was a kid. And I always wanted to be an astronomer in some way. And for me, those influences have a big impact on the way that I think and the way that I approach life. I think about the universe all the time. I love universal concepts of of the way the world works, of gravitational fields, of, of all of that stuff. I'm definitely an amateur astronomer, but I enjoy that stuff. And then that kind of comes into the visual look of a lot of the things that I do. I really love, you know, cosmic feeling things like that's really rad. So all of that stuff really blends into the work that I do. The same thing with my mental health struggles that goes into the work that I want to do around talking or I really enjoyed radio shows when I was a kid. So I want to do that sort of stuff and create that kind of work, you know, abstract work really resonated with me. So now I want to create abstract work as expressions of that thing that I enjoyed. Music was a big thing for me too. Growing up, I listened to a lot of pop punk music and I have made a whole bunch of pop punk music, but now I also loved video game music when I grew up. So I started to infuse pop punk, like video game type of music into my world these days. So I'm making some of that kind of stuff and I'm starting to combine and fuse and remix and process and, and, and stir together all of these different collections of ideas that I've been playing with since I was a kid, all of these things that I've like resonated with my brain that I really enjoyed and appreciated that are unique to my experience. And what becomes unique is the combination of all of those things. That's how I get to express who I am as an individual person is through that idea that I am a person that has collect unique, collected unique experiences. I have my unique perspective and I put that into something that I can give back to reality because ultimately I think about creativity as the desire to give back to reality. So the desire being this healthy expression of, of wanting to output and give back to reality. Again, you know, I've introverts have had plenty of a challenge of not wanting to give back to reality by wanting to honor their introverted world and wanting to stay there. The same thing for extroverts. Extroverts want to honor the outside world and just talk and loop and maybe play in sort of drama circles. Maybe they want to be dramatic. Maybe they just want to build businesses and not think about emotions. Maybe they want to uh, just be playful and be loose about time and, and not actually take time to slow down and think about and process what it is that they need to do. Introverts need to speed up. Extroverts need to slow down. And it's that equal push and pull, that input output that ends up making a uh, a healthy human being. And those are some of the key things that we can consider when we are trying to manage a healthy mental health state throughout our lives day in and day out.
So one of the challenges of talking about creative expression is that a lot of people don't feel like they are creative. And so I'm very careful to define creativity as something that is not just about making art. Art and creativity are not the same thing. Art requires creativity, but creativity does not require art. So what I mean by that is that we are exercising creativity every single day of our lives. When you're having a discussion with your partner and you're trying to problem solve or you're trying to connect, you often have to employ creative solutions to find ways to continue to coexist together or to grow together. You have to have those creative conversations to be able to find solutions to your life's problems or to understand each other. So those connection points require effort and often effort is what ends up leading to creative expression. It's like that stuff that we need to process the, all of the things that we've learned plus effort ends up becoming a creative expression. And it can be something as simple as taking care of kids. It can be something simple as uh, figuring out what uh, lunch is like today or figuring out uh, the, the next thing that you have to put on your to-do list. Like that decision is often a creative expression. And then the act of making that, you know, building a website um, and something that can sometimes feel like it's um, automatic or something that is not necessarily you know, painterly in, in essence is not always, uh, you know, can be confusing as a creative, uh, as a, as a thought of being a creative expression. I can't count the amount of times on that. I've heard someone say that, Oh man, I, I, I wish I was creative. Like you, I, I can't draw. I don't know how to draw. Like I, I've never, I stopped drawing when I was a kid. And it's funny that people associate that with drawing, that they associate their, their creativity with with drawing usually <laughs> with illustration and uh, usually it was something they stopped doing as a kid and often the reason someone stops drawing or stops creating is because life gets in the way you know it's time to be a social person it's time to be present it's time to go make money it's time to to give in to the outside world um and for the record they're the kids uh, this is the worst time to record because like the world gets louder outside after um two o'clock, but they're usually like school kids that just get a lot out outside. So if they're a little loud, I might stop. But anyway, um, so it's funny that a lot of people get caught off guard by this idea that there are create, they are a creative person. Like every human being has the capability of being a creative person because the only way to process and get through any kind of scenario is to create something is to end up Putting this process through your filter, whether it is, again, like something obviously artistic, like music or painting or writing, that you end up processing these things and you put it out into the world and create something that someone else is going to gain some sort of resonance or value from. There's no mistake here that like the number one song in the world is the Lizzo song, um, Love Hurts, I think it's called. Um, let me see. Lizzo, Lo Truth Hurts. Yeah, Truth Hurts. Um it's no mistake that the number one song in the world right now is truth hurts uh, because it's just like this most universal concept of how we connect with people and uh, love like love and and reality and all the stuff of like who we are the, like that song talks the es about the essence of who we are and Lizzo who she is she's telling her truth she's telling her story she is she is sharing with the world her call to create 
And her call to create is the general notion that she's had struggles with her uh, with with relationships and because of who she is and and, uh, uh, you know, aspects of her personality has rubbed up with aspects of other people's personalities or expectations. And those are things that many of us can find ways that to resonate with. So I would you know, it, it's it's a shame that so many people get frustrated or discouraged by the notion of being creative or that creativity requires a specific skill set or requires a specific thing to be considered creative because it, really it's about outputting that idea into something, you know, and, and creative expression could be putting together a nonprofit, um, you know, uh, meetup or something or, or a 5K walk or something that's charitable or something that is connective, you know, like making a casserole to bring to a party is a creative choice. You're, you're putting something, you're putting some love, something that you made the choice to make this casserole. Like you didn't just make this arbitrary choice to pick something, but like maybe that casserole was something that you, your mom made when you were a kid or something. Right. So part of the creative choice, the creative process is intentionality, right? It's about seeking to find those things that are resonant with your, your reality, with who you are, with, with that, what has made you who you are, and then coalescing those things into a creative expression in some way. So it's the two things there. It's the idea that you're taking deliberate time to focus on what it is, isn't that is actually resonant with who you are as a person, examine that and see what connects with who you are, but then being able to deliberately create something that is a new combination of an expression of these ideas, right? Creativity is about taking that casserole and saying, what, what about this? Can I make my own? What about this that I can make that is not just my mom's that I'm just reproducing it, but what is something that I can do to like maybe change the sauce or maybe I can change the cheese or whatever and do a little bit something that feels like something I've experienced before. You know, maybe your mom didn't have access to like a particular type of cheese and then you go to the store and you make a couple choices and you're like, you know what? These three extra cheeses would make a lot more sense to have involved in this casserole and I think it would taste really great. That is a creative expression. That is a choice. That is you taking the reins and adding something to it that is yours, right? And it's not necessarily about doing something weird or wacky. It's just a choice. It's just a decision based on your individuality. And that's really all creativity is, right? So this also helps to understand uh, ourselves in terms of the wheel of rest. I'm going to close my window real quick. There's like some FE kids, some some extroverted feeler kids that get off the bus like these grown boys <laughs> that they they get off the bus and they just start yelling at each other and they're being all extroverted and they're just like saying like, yeah, but they're talking about emotional things. So I, I love it because it's just dudes being emotional, but they're being like rough and gruff about it. It's kind of fun, um, but not in a toxic way. Don't don't think that um, they're just they're just being dudes. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how this all relates to sort of the wheel of reciprocity and getting yourself into understanding the concept of value and really understanding that when you're creating something, you're creating value for another person because someone else has created value for you. So we're going to take that, that basic example of the casserole again, like your mom or someone for your mom created this casserole. And then it was something that you enjoyed when you were a kid and you decided I wanted to learn how to make this. So you decided to pass it on to someone else and then they learn it or they think it's great. And then they'd pass it on to someone else. Right. 
that's how that works. That's how value works. You got value from an experience or an idea or an object or a food or something. And you were like, this is great. I want to feel this great sense of being able to pass this on to another person. A lot of people feel that when they have kids, you know, they feel this natural sense to be creative with their kids and pass on ideas. And it's very ego related. But many of us need some other kind of push to do that kind of development. Sometimes there is external pressures. Sometimes it's like you're in trouble with the law and you have to do some personal development growth so you don't keep getting in trouble with the law. And... Perhaps it's, um, you know, having kids is one of those examples or, you know, you fall in love with someone and you suddenly want to become a better person. So you start to sort of go into your past and you're like, what are some of the good things that I learned about my past? Or what are some of the challenges and what can I learn from the teachers of all of these challenges and start to coalesce them into something that's valuable for someone? Again, that's what this podcast is, or at least that's what I'm attempting to do is to be creative in my words and my expression of of what I've learned, what I've been thinking about, which is this call to create sort of vibe and expressing this, uh, this, this thoughtful measure of these ideas so that you can take that and eventually it'll coalesce in your mind. You can process it. And then eventually one day, maybe you'll find a way to reproduce it and put it into a new sort of way of speaking. So this is also an expression of a lot of things that I've learned from, uh, from personality hacker and from AJ Drenth and from Dario Nardi and from Beatrice Chestnut and from, um, Stephen Covey from Seth Godin from Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, like so many people that have been sort of, uh, distant and close mentors to me in all sorts of various ways in my life. Uh, Andy J pizza is such a great example of that too. Uh, he's a really great dude. Um, and all sorts of people that have had influences on me, like my parents have had influences on me. I've, I've had to go through my past and sort of understand that there are lessons in everything that I've experienced. So, you know, my parents having sort of domestic difficulties and yelling and fighting all of the time, I've come to understand where they're coming from a little bit more and learn the lessons of that. Why were they communicating the way that they were? What, what were they trying to, uh, to learn and what were they trying to express? And you know, they, they came to impasses a lot and frustrations. And if they perhaps individually taken time to process more, instead of throwing things out at each other, there could have been, you know, easier ways to come to, um, uh, you know, to, to feel a little bit more comfortable with each other, I guess. So, you know, those are lessons that I've learned from because there are things that I want to take away that I don't necessarily want to be for my kids. And I don't necessarily want to, um, to be as a person or that there are things from those things that I've also wanted to be from as a, to, to contribute to as a person. My, my mom's a very fiery person and I've, I've gotten a lot of her, um, uh, a lot of really positive vibes from her in terms of how to not give a crap about what people think about you a lot of the time. Um, and then my dad is very people oriented and he's kind of very much the opposite. And that dichotomy has been very useful for me to be a little bit more people oriented when I need to be and, uh, learned a lot from his sort of salesmanship mentality and caring about people and being thoughtful. And sometimes even taking simple ideas, like sometimes you just got to wake up and look in the mirror and smile. And like, that's incredibly helpful for someone that's a thinker like me. I wouldn't think to even think that sort of thing. <laughs> right. So to take those lessons, you know, sometimes I end up sort of coalescing a lot of those ideas into concepts, into maps, into models and taking, you know, this class, for example, the press start and brand messaging 
is a combination of so many things that I've learned from Personality Hacker, but then things I've learned from myself in terms of my experiences, learned from Seth Godin and the books that I've read from him, um, things that I've learned from Gary Vaynerchuk, things that I've learned from all of those people that I've basically mentioned earlier is that you know, me coalescing all of these things now is putting it into this package that I can put out there and have created a sense of value for other people. All of those people gave me a sense of value. I've bought their books or I bought their programs or I helped them in some sort of way. I felt this resonance, this need, anything that you felt that you've gained value from is something that you can put into your repertoire to start to learn how to coalesce into some sort of value that you want to create for other people. Right? So if you've ever felt that natural desire to create music or to create a painting or to write some words or to do something nice for another person or to take a friend to the store or whatever. All of that stuff is a value exchange. You felt a value from this friend or from this person. You value the friendship, you value the person, or you value the band that you grew up listening to so much that you wanted to finally take all of this and be able to say, you know what, I've got some ideas, I've got some influences, and I want to put this together and create something so that someone who was like me growing up can take all of this and feel that same inspiration from me or feel that same sense of value from me. Because essentially the, the idea about humans and generations and growth is that we take everything from our lives, try to coalesce it and distill it into singular ideas, continuous expressions of singular ideas. You can think of songs as this and continue to create, continue to put out into the world these these ideas that we want to share into anecdotes, into quotes, into songs, into one-liners, into, you know, something like creativity is the desire to give back to reality. That statement enough can resonate with someone and they can be like, oh my God, that's amazing. I love that. And I want to keep sharing that and give that away. Right. Or because you hear that, you're like, I want to go check out his program. I want to go check out that thing. I want to be able to buy something from him. I want to be able to show my support to someone who's being a creative, who's giving me value, etc. Right. So giving someone that opportunity to provide you value for something they feel that they've attained value from is why we create anything in the first place. That's why we're doing all of this so that we can give some sense of value back to reality because we've received a ton of value in return. So being able to give value or put yourself into the wheel of reciprocity is all about understanding that everything in your life to this point has provided you with some sense of value that you've been given value, therefore you can provide value. Does that make sense? You've been given value all of your life through all of the teachers and lessons and difficulties, hardships, traumas, uh, and uh, positive teachings, lessons, mentors, etc. The combination of all of those things have provided you the opportunity to be the person that you are today. Now you take all of those things, you create a new product or a course or a painting or an idea or a podcast or a speaking gig or a, a nonprofit or a, a 5k race or a casserole. And you put all of that into uh, something that you now provide value for in someone else. Now it doesn't mean that it's one big just thing. It's not like you have this one masterpiece in your life that is the final thing that you put out into into the world and that is your finite creative expression. Nope. A band doesn't just have a one hit wonder. Bands make multiple songs. Even if they have a one hit wonder, they took probably, they probably made uh, dozens of songs before they got to that point. Right? So you just keep creating, you keep expressing, you keep finding ways to 
connect these ideas, these dots, these things that you've been working on and, and culminating into these, these individual expressions and putting them out into the world, whether that's creating songs, creating a casserole, creating a course, creating a platform, creating some way to express these individual ideas and just keep making and keep expressing because you are a person that is taking in things and you need to process them and you need to put them out to maintain a sense of sense of healthiness of being a mentally healthy person. That means you have to put those ideas into something. That doesn't mean you have to take mean, uh, uh, take in the pressure of creating something that's again, perfect or something that is going to provide value every single time you're going to stumble. You're going to have a hard time. You're going to be sometimes actively processing while you're creating. That means, you know, green day might've made 12 of the same type of similar song until they've landed on a song that felt like it was the accurate expression of what Billy Joe exactly wanted to say in that moment. And therefore he started shifting into trying to make different music about different things, right? So we can keep finding things like our brains are complex. There's a lot of things we've soaked in a lot more that we've soaked in that we realize that we've soaked in. So the part of processing is getting messy. It's about trying. It's about making. It's about it's about uh, just putting it out there. And then when you feel like you've landed on something, then people will start to respond to it and they will feel a sense of value that they want to give you based on the thing that you've provided for them. Right. So I've had plenty of people who enjoy this podcast and they're like, this is amazing. I really love it. Um, and they felt that their sense of value is to tell me that they like it. Right. <laughs> now for me, that's got like, I got to do something that provides a little bit more, right? Because eventually I need, I want to lead them to wanting to provide me some monetary value, like, cause I need to live. Right. So you know, you push it a little bit further and you keep going. And if your goal is to make money off of your creativity, then yeah, you keep pushing, you keep finding ways to connect deeper and deeper to the core of humanity and who you are and what you want to connect with. Right. So a lot of that is about finding ways to not only share your story and have your stage and your unique passion, but then you just keep drilling deeper and deeper and get to those core universal ideas. And the more that you can express those core universal ideas, the more your audience will expand, right? So the idea is to, is from Seth Godin, he talks about smallest viable audience. The idea is to first just kind of focus on the people that you directly resonate with, because that's going to happen naturally. If you are listening to your call to create, if your call to action, your call to create your, your, um, uh, uh, what is the, there's the, the, the hero's journey, the sort of the, the call of the, not the call of the void. That's a suicide thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's basically the answer, the call, um, you know, it, it's, it's once you answer the call, it's, it's, you, you know, you start to find just the people that mostly connect with you. You find a close friend, you find one or two people. And then as you start to figure out ways to share your story and share specific things, you start to realize that they connect with other people, people who have had similar experiences. And then as you get to the core of those ideas, you start to resonate with those experiences. Like Lizzo having truth hurts as the number one hit is because her story has resonated with so many people. Not only that, but it's entertaining and it's interesting and she's a fun person and, uh, it's put in a really unique package, right? So the more that you can be creative and combine those, 
bits of creativity and be authentic to your story and find different ways to express your story and keep finding ways to create and put it out there and not just get stuck in your spinny wheel of processing that you can find a way to output it and eventually share that with the world and express what you're thinking, express what you're feeling, express what you've gone through, express the lessons that you've learned and give back to reality because we are not meant to just be takers. We are not meant to just be importers of information from the outside world. The way you have to process it, we have to coalesce it. We have to find ways to give it back to reality so that, I don't know, I feel like that's essentially our purpose, right? That's our purpose to, as humans, is to take in what we've learned, create something new, advance the species, advance reality to make sure our kids are better than us in some way, shape, or form, and to keep evolving humanity like we are just kind of a link in the chain and that's okay our significance is out in ours insignificance right so it's kind of a paradox but uh it's a beautiful thing you know our experiences are what make us and our experiences are what allow us to contribute to reality so I should definitely stop there because that was good. <laughs> so uh, there's there's definitely more that I could share on this topic and can continue to talk about um, value and creativity and just making things and putting stuff out there. But one of the things, again, that people get tripped up on is assuming that what you think or what you're capable of is not creative and you solving problems. Me talking is connective to people. Like I'm logical. I'm my voice is monotone. I'm not uh I'm not creative in a vocal expression in my vocal tonality, but I am creative in the words that I use and finding different ways to express the same things that I want to talk about. We're finding the thing that's going to connect with the one person who needs to hear it. That is based on my story and therefore they hear it and then they go create something and they contribute to reality themselves and they pass the baton and we continue to swell this, this creative value circle essentially. So that's really it. Just keep contributing, keep creating value. And what, what you really mean by value is that putting it into a creative expression so other people can take it and run with it. So like I said, at the top of the show, there is my press start in your brand messaging course, which goes through this aspect, your call to create, I share a little bit of my story. And uh, I talk a little bit about the drama triangle and the empowerment dynamic as ways to get yourself, uh, you know, figuring out what your message is in between those things, in between that challenge of the drama triangle aspects of life where we get caught up in that spinny processing circle of getting stuck, sort of ruminating and doing the same things over and over again and into the empowerment dynamic where we just start creating and we start appreciating life and seeing the value in life and all of its experiences and how we can put that into and crush it at like a diamond and put it out into the world. So figuring out your message through that process is really what I'm bringing to the table with that course. So you can go to bit.ly slash start message. It is free. It is one hour and it's already changed a couple of people's lives. So it's been really, really good. So I'm excited to continue to share this, continue to create new things and continue to talk about this topic at length. So what I would love for you now, if you did feel a sense of value from this, what I would love is a, you can go check out that course and B, I would really love for you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you do podcasting, listening and leave a review. Uh, I read them. I definitely do. And I love the positive reviews and it definitely helps me uh, get up on the charts a little bit. I want to be able to 
you know, get my word out there, share my story and be able to contribute to reality and the wheel of reciprocity, essentially. So thank you guys for being here. Go to dopamine.life. If you haven't signed up for our free uh, Myers-Briggs course, you can do that there. And we also have articles that I write um, and put up there as well. And we have a community. So if you have questions, you can totally leave questions there and I can answer them. And you can hit me up at Let's Go See Note on all the social channels where I'm happy to answer your question. I do coaching. I do all of that stuff. So connect with me. Let me know what you think. Uh, Let me know if you have any questions. And um, that's it. So take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine see ya hey you beautiful human thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show i really really appreciate it if you really love this show leave a review on itunes and stitcher to show some love for the podcast you can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses but um with that we'll catch you next time see you guys later